We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of, of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'm your co-host, located out here in the semi-quarantined military zone that is Washington, D.C. And with me tonight, we have the full three-man weave together, roaring on through this podcast after a very long extended break, just like Nebraska's offense. How are, uh, with me, Patrick Gerhart and Nate McHugh, how are you guys both doing tonight? I'm super, super special because I don't have to worry about an insurrection tomorrow morning. That well, sounds... neither do I. I. I get to drive into the office, which is outside of D.C., but <laughs> yeah. I, I was outside today and I walked my dog for the first time in, since you know, winter got here. So I'll take that. Nice. It's been a fun week in Husker Nebraska basketball athletics. That is true. They are riding their first two-game win streak since February 2019. Uh, to, to clarify that, their first two-game win streak in Big Ten play. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's pretty awesome. And they got their first home win since January 7th, 2020 in Big Ten play again. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, a fun, fun last week or so for Nebraska ball fans after a long, long, long winter. And, we, and, and to kick it all off, we probably got an opposing coach fired. Well, at least a nail in the coffin. Yeah. That, so that so you're coach, welcome. Golden Gopher fans, you're welcome. Yeah, he, he proceeded to, uh, just for reference to our listeners, we are recording this um, on Wednesday evening, and uh, good old Richard Patino Jr. proceeded to follow up his loss to Nebraska with a loss at Penn State. So uh, if he wasn't fired before, he's definitely fired now. But yeah, he was definitely going. Wasn't there the rumor that, I don't know if it's a rumor or just like a unconfirmed report that he essentially knows he's done, but he's just going to finish out the season anyways. So that, I mean, I forgot where I saw that, but if that's true. That's kind of rare, right? I mean, most of the time it's, you know, if the coach knows he's gone, the administration just axes him, you know, or something, or unless you're Doc Sadler and you just hang around Nebraska, you just love it so much. But um, I don't know if you, did you guys hear that? I hadn't. No, um, I, I, I haven't been on Reddit for so long. Oh, you spelled Twitter wrong. Sorry. It's T-W-I-T-T-E-R. I didn't retweet it or anything like that, so I, I don't know if I can find it. But no, no, I'm not a Reddit guy. No, I didn't buy a GameStop. <laughs> That's good. Uh, no, I, I hadn't heard that, but um, I mean, I would believe it in the sense of like the writings on the wall and he knows he's going to get canned. I would personally be doubtful that the administration has just flat out told him like, yeah, you're fired at the end of the season, but you know, feel free to finish out, uh, save some face with, you know, maybe winning a game or two if your players want to, you know, play for you. But, um, so I, I think I found it. 
Henry Lake of WCCO Radio in Minneapolis reported over the weekend that Richard Patino Jr. right will coach the remainder of the season, but will not be returning to lead the Go Golden Gophers next year. So that might be a maybe they didn't tell him that. You know, maybe the, the administration didn't tell Patino, but they told you know other people. So never mind on that. Well, maybe maybe they told him the via text message. <laughs> after the administration the plane is just spreading. The, the administration is just spreading rumors to spread rumors. It's too bad. I'll, I'll miss the guy. He seems like a really nice guy. You know, he looks like a someone you'd want to approach on the street and say hello to. Are Are we talking about Richard Pino Jr. or are we talking about <laughs> somebody else? I, I mean, I would approach him before I would approach his father, but I, I, I've i never gotten that warm, fuzzy vibe of somebody that I want to walk up to and, and start a debate over whether it's, you know, casserole dish or hot dish or whatever the other uh, debate among Midwesterners is for the the proper term for that is. Yeah, you know, he looks like dad, a weasel. His dad looks like someone you could drink beer with. He just... I don't know. I, I'm like, you look like you're not happy. You look like you hate life. I mean, and you look like you're kind of a jerk. He might not be. I have no idea. But He's the kind of man who, if you spend more than 30 seconds with him, it's probably a little bit too long, uh, depending on the activity. There you go. Okay, that that reference we was are, not PG, we, and it clearly went over some folks' heads. So ignore we, ignore me we, saying that. We are so rusty. <laughs> That's right. This is, this is the roughest podcast start we've had in a long time. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's the first podcast we've had in a long time. So it's, it's our true. first one of 2021. Oh, wow. Jeez. And we're doing it. We're doing this because we're coming up on the anniversary of Fred Hoiberg bringing COVID to basketball. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. The the flu game that uh, was poor timing, unfortunately, um, as yeah. everything was was blowing up. But uh, it also is the anniversary of the game where Nebraska one upped a certain other program that I'm aware of, where they had two football players on the team playing on the court at the same time instead of several years apart. The only difference was it was the Big Ten tournament instead of the NCAA Final Four. For one of the, those players, but uh, yeah, yeah, that that was a, a fun <laughs> distinction. So, and neither of those guys are with Nebraska anymore. That is true. One of them almost. No, I'm sorry. He he didn't get to play in that game. Never mind. He almost came back against Michigan. Uh, I think we were all, everyone in America, except for Wolverines fans, rooting for him uh, as hard as anybody possibly could in a game that refused to end. Oh God, I forgot about that. That Rutgers yeah. game, Rutgers, yeah. Michigan. I remember that because I remember thinking, like, I never in my life thought I would ever see I, I would be watching overtime Michigan versus Rutgers. Not just that, triple overtime Michigan. God. It's like Michigan. Bad yeah. year. Yeah. It was like Michigan. I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but that's okay. Michigan at Rutgers in football. Uh, it, they went into overtime, and then Michigan uh, was held to a field goal. And Rutgers not wanting to be outdone as uh, you know, remnants of oh. Rutgers jokes was like, hey, 
no, 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 that's fine. We we got this. We'll we'll miss our our field goal too. We we don't want to win in in one overtime. So they miss what should have been a pretty easy field goal. Goes into double overtime. Neither team really does much. And then finally triple overtime, and Michigan manages to escape with the win. Because Crazy. of course I know that. But we we are here to talk Nebraska ball, not my second favorite thing, which is bragging <laughs> on the University of Michigan. So. Uh, as we said, uh, two wins over Minnesota and Rutgers. The Minnesota game, the final margin was four points, which was frankly smaller than I feel like the game really felt like. But uh, Rutgers was a blowout. It was a 19-point win. No, I'm sorry. I can't count. 21-point win. It was a 21-point win for the Huskers. Although they led yeah. by as much as 30 at one point. Yeah. No, it was good. It was a good week to be a Nebraska ball fan. You had Minnesota getting a coach fired, and then Rutgers demoralizing an entire, oh, I don't know, borough. I don't know who who roots on the Scarlet Knights in, in New Jersey. So, yeah, no, it was it was good. It was good. And now we get to play Iowa, number five Iowa coming up. Am I right? Uh, yes, I believe they dropped to number five. What's the over-under on Luca Garza scoring 30 points on us? <laughs> Um, I feel like that's low. Uh, I think, and I, I don't say that snarkily. I just say that as a, I don't really see anybody on the Husker squad, um, being, being the type defensively to go up against him and have success. I, I just don't really see who the Huskers. Nobody's going to post up and take that big guy out. Nebraska I mean, doesn't they, have anybody? No, they don't. They really don't have anybody. <laughs> yeah, not, not anybody that pairs with him well. No. He's, Very he's few teams coach. in America have, have a player that can pair up with him well. Let uh, alone exactly. Nebraska. Yeah, it, it, pretty much exactly. Um, I, I mean, he's just he's a strong guy down low. He can post up. He can move you around. And the Huskers, I, I mean, no offense to Derek Walker. He's been a breath of fresh air down low. Um, but I, I just he doesn't have the size or the defensive no. skill to go toe to toe with Garza. So I, I think uh, the season record for big 10 points in a game by a single player was 41. Um, and two players, three players have done that so far this season. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Garza ties himself because he's one of them. Um, but I also wouldn't predict that either. So I, I'm, I see him being something like 35 plus easily though. You know, he's going to do some, sorry, Nate, go. You haven't talked much. Go. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You know, I I listened to the press conference today and they're talking about, they asked Hoiberg about defending Garza. And he said, essentially it sounded like, you know, we have a couple of ways we're going to try to do it and all that, but he's just surrounded by shooters He's such a good passer that makes it extremely difficult. So it's like not even like we not have somebody that can guard him, but then when you try to send somebody to help, Garza is such a good passer, and their shooters are so good that it makes it extremely difficult, you know, to stop it. Even though Nebraska's defense has been pretty good this year, it makes it extremely difficult. And Hoiberg even kind of mentioned like. Nebraska beat Iowa last year, I believe. And he said, essentially, it's just because Iowa didn't make shots they normally make. And that's it, you know. And that, you know, 
and they could. He said that Nebraska could play really well tomorrow night if Iowa hits shots. Then it's over. You know, he said they, they could beat us by twenty, even if we put, play well because they're that good. Now, on the flip side, Iowa is not good defensively. And if Nebraska comes out hot, like they did against Rutgers, they could make this a competitive game. Because I, I was not going to shut down Nebraska if they get if they get a hot streak. If they start cranking threes and start making them like they did against Rutgers, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the Rutgers thing is going to happen perpetually from here on out, because that was a really good game. You know, shooting 52% from the floor for Nebraska is a big step up. That's a big jump for them this year. But, you know... If, if Iowa doesn't do well on defense as they've historically done this year, Nebraska really could be in a very good place to, I'm not going to say pull it off, but make it competitive. Yeah, that's exactly true. Iowa historically under Fran McCaffrey and into this season is one of the worst defensive teams in the Big Ten consistently year in and year out. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't looked at their Ken Palm in a while to see what they are adjusted defense, but they've just done terribly. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, they barely escaped uh, against Michigan State when MSU visited, and they're a god-awful shooting team. Um, yeah, and, and the Spartans scored like 80-something on them, I think, uh, as a demonstration of a team that's a horrible shooting team. And the Huskers have been anything but over the last two games. Um, one of the benefits of Walker's return is the fact that Mann has moved to a stretch four position instead. And, I mean, we saw that on display against Rutgers. What did he have? Nine three-pointers that he scored alone, right? And yeah. he's averaging uh, 10.2 points on 47% shooting and four rebounds per game since Walker returned overall. So, I mean, he's... He's shooting lights out. Um, Walker down low has been fairly efficient, even uh, when when they have gotten it down to him. And, uh, I mean, if the team shoots like they did against Rutgers, then this will be an interesting game, even if, you know, Garza has his way and, and Iowa continues to hit shots from the outside at uh, the same average pace of the season. Huskers still have a chance to, to make it competitive and interesting, at least. So... Um, it would also be if they managed to pull off the unexpected, uh, the first win in 16 games against a ranked opponent. That would be fun. That's not terrible either. Um, another thing I've kind of noticed the last few games that Nebraska's played well in is that they are finally picking up the tempo and pace that Fred Hoiberg wants to see on the court. And I was not ter a terribly fast team, like a lot of the big, I'm not going to say dumb, but slow teams of the Big Ten. Uh, you know, you get in there, and I think if you get in the second half, and if Nebraska keeps it close and hits their shots well, you know, they, they could wear Iowa out by the last, you know, six, seven minutes of the game. And that could really determine kind of how the, how the, how the game will end. Now, with that said, Nebraska in the last eight minutes of the Rutgers game, they only scored like what four points. So okay. they're going to have to they're going to have to kind of change their shooting philosophy if that is going to take effect against Iowa. I'm not saying that's Hoiberg's plan, but Nebraska's got the horses to make it a horse race against an Iowa team that is not used to that. 
Uh, defensively, the number 58, I, I looked it up. Um, they're a lot better than they were earlier in the season when they were in the 90s. Uh, pushing 100, but to be fair, that was also um, right around the time that they played teams like Gonzaga. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, so my question for you two, <clears throat> because I didn't get to see the game against Rutgers. I wish I did because they played so well. But when they went through that, um, that, uh, that drought, scoring drought, I mean, did you guys notice, was it just shots weren't going in? I'm talking about open, uncontested shots. Was it a bad sh- shot selection? Um, and the reason why I ask that is because, <clears throat> excuse me, is when I've watched them, you know, throughout the season, to me it's shot selection is when they go through those droughts. And, you know, and part of that's Teddy Allen, and we'll talk about him later, but um, – I don't know. Did, if, did you guys notice that or uh, have an opinion on that? I noticed it from the standpoint that the, the shots just were not falling later on in the game. And maybe that was attuned to the fact that maybe Nebraska was making bad shot selection. Or maybe, honestly, I'll kind of contradict what I said a little bit ago. They might have been wearing themselves out for the most part. But um, whatever, whatever it was... I, it just wasn't falling in the Huskers' way. But luckily for the Huskers, Rutgers wasn't doing anything special either at that time. So, You, you, know, you know, Hoiberg today mentioned that they that they kind of run out of gas, usually about the same time by every game. That's usually in the second half. <clears throat> and I think that might have something to do with it as well. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely been a trend that they've had dating back to the win at Penn State for sure. Um, right around the same time in every single second half minimum, um, sometimes earlier, like the second game at Maryland, it definitely hit sooner. Um, but that one was a little bit more of a rare circumstance. Uh, but no, I mean, they, they definitely have a drought where they get tired clearly from the rough schedule that they've had to close out the season and they just miss shots. And I, I don't think against Rutgers, I really noticed anything that looked like particularly terrible shot selection um, most of the time. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I reiterate with Patrick, I think it was mostly just, uh, they just weren't falling on dead legs. Which they, they need that to, to work in their favor against Iowa. And luckily they've had two nights off. So, yay, two nights off. Hey. For the, past, for, the, for the past month, they've been playing a game almost every other day. So, of course, they're going to get tired. These two days off, they're not going to know what to do. <laughs> either, yeah, their soreness, either their soreness is going to come about because they finally had time to rest their body, or they're going to finally get enough rest to where they can actually play a full game. We'll see. Well, I want to say the last... So they had a couple two-day breaks. There was post-Maryland, the second game... They had two days before Purdue. Then they had three days, actually. No, t- two days uh, before um, the game against Penn State in Lincoln. And then it was one day, one day, two days before Rutgers, and two days before Iowa. So, I mean, they, they've had a string of two days off here. I mean, what, what are they going to do with themselves? They sleep in? 
Hopefully they're ready. Well, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we are so off tonight. <laughs> you know what else is coming up? The Big Ten Tournament. Big Ten Tournament start next week, folks. Can't win the Where's final Nebraska? four without winning the tournament. Yeah. And who where, – Well, where's in Nebraska? Nebraska's where's, case, you can't. Where's Nebraska going to be? Who are they going to play? What do you guys think? <laughs> Probably the 14 seed. Um, which would pit them <laughs> against, uh, I believe, the 11 seed, um, who I think might be Minnesota. Um, let me look that up while while Nate speculates. Nate, we no, need your I insight. Have, I have no clue, but is it Carr uh, from Minnesota, the guy that went for like 40? Against us in, in Correct. the Marcus, Marcus Carr. Uh, my bad. He was the fourth guy actually to score forty-one. So my my bad. Uh, if if Garza scores forty-one, he would be the fifth the fifth time, but still remain the fourth person because he's already done it once. I would like to ask Doc Sadler, like, what was your game plan against? I mean, you obviously at some point figured out. By the way. Marcus Carr, he's feeling it tonight, you know, and, and he just kept on getting to the hole. No one was stepping off. I don't know if it was the idea of we're just going to let Marcus Carr, they, not, don't let anyone else beat us except for him. And he's there's no way he can sustain what he's doing. Well, guess what? He, he just about did. And, you know, when we fouled him on that, you know, because, you know, right after they got over half court, we fouled him, and then Marcus Carr, who must be pretty smart, you know, then goes to just heave the ball up, hoping to get a, you know, continuation, you know, three free throws. They could have gave that to him. I mean, it was it was close. And so I'd just like to ask Doc, hey, so what was your game plan there? I, you know, it, it, things changed in the second half. You know, you didn't want to send – you know, any help or anything, but yeah, you know, at least I got out with a win. I have no idea on the conference term. So, you know, I just, I don't even know what the bracket looks like. Okay. So um, if, if it ended right now, the regular season, um, which as of right now, Northwestern is leading Maryland by at half 28, 26. So let's pretend like that game gets canceled and the entire regular season ends right now and the bracket gets set with that result. Nebraska would play number 11 seed Penn State, who currently stands number 11 in the standings, uh, with a one-game advantage in the loss column that would give them the better win percentage. Although I'm not sure exactly if tiebreakers would factor in if they have the same win record. As I understand it, it's supposed to be based on win percentage. Um, But uh, presuming that's accurate, it would be Penn State. Um, Nebraska does have a way to move up to the number 13 seed, actually. Um, they could jump Northwestern for that, and then they would play the number uh, 12 seed. Right? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I They jumped Northwestern for the 13 seed, and they would play the 12 seed, who as of right now would be Minnesota. Um, in order to do that, Northwestern needs to uh, lose tonight to Maryland 
and then have the Huskers beat them on Sunday in the season finale. With that, they would have the exact same number of wins. Nebraska would have one fewer loss because they will only play a 19-game schedule. Um, So in that sense, uh, even if Nebraska were to lose to Northwestern, um, they would still have a worse win percentage anyways. But um, yeah, so Nebraska does have a chance here. Uh, They could play for a better seed in the Big Ten tournament. They will still play regardless. There's no possible way that uh, with the standings as they are right now, that they could move up to a Thursday start date. So this would be the, what, third straight year that they would, yeah, I I believe third straight year that they'll be starting on a Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament. But hey, they might not be at the bottom. Um, There's still ways that it could shake out. Uh, Minnesota uh, still has Rutgers, um, to play and Penn State still has Maryland after this and obviously as I said Northwestern is playing Maryland right now and uh, Maryland or, um, and the Huskers play Northwestern to close the season in Evanston so all of those could shake up who gets number 11 through number 14 fun stuff Yay, brackets. So you're saying a, a lot a lot can happen between now and next Wednesday. They could totally determine who the Huskers play, all of which are bottom feeder teams. So in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. True, but I think pairing-wise, <laughs> uh, some of them might be a better, better matchup. Um, obviously, given the motivation that Minnesota's squad has, uh, it could be a nice way to get one more win on the season just for everybody to feel good and go to Thursday and get obliterated by um, whoever that team will end up being. Um, which, who would that be? It would be the uh, five seed who <coughs> probably would be Ohio State or Wisconsin, maybe Purdue. I really don't have a clue, but it's probably one of those three teams. So. Uh, yeah, not not making it past Thursday, but uh, could could make it past Wednesday. So that'd be nice. So there's a good chance that Huskers could end the season with double digit wins. Oh my! Think about that. Oh yeah, I guess on the overall record that would be true, wouldn't it? And that would be a that'd be a nice way to end the season. Strong. Maybe yeah. just just maybe we might get a sniff by the NIT. No way! I, uh, I, I, I doubt yeah. that would happen. <laughs> yeah, well, they they uh they cut it in half actually. So yeah, only sixteen teams, so there's really no chance. In fact, I don't even think Penn State's going to make it now. Yeah, the uh the best chance would be um for anybody who's on the bubble for the NIT is if the NCAA tournament has all four teams that they have set aside as the hypothetical um, procedure process for this. Um, after the field is announced, there's a 48-hour window where, as teams go into quarantine to get ready for the tournament, all within the metro area of Indianapolis, um, I think Bloomington and West Lafayette are maybe a little bit of a stretch to argue that it's in the metropolitan area, but they're still using those facilities and are not terribly far away. Anyway, in that 48-hour window, if a team tests positive for COVID-19 and has to withdraw, they will take the top four seeds from the NIT up to that, and that's it. So um, they don't really have a process in place if somebody ends up contracting it later in the tournament, as I understand it, and they don't really have a process if, say, five teams contract COVID-19 or ha- have an outbreak on the roster. Uh, but you know what? That probably seems somewhat unlikely. 
I probably just cursed it saying that, but we'll see. So, but if they do that, I would assume that they would then extend bids to more teams for the NIT. Who knows? You know, I, I didn't really care to look up that uh, idea if they even have it uh, out in the public at this point for the NIT bracket. So, have we heard anything about like the CBI and those other lesser ones that you have to pay to get into? Uh, I think it's just the CBI pretty much at this point. Uh, that is the only other postseason tournament in normal years. And I don't think I've seen anybody formally announce it, but I think the CBI is basically just dead this year. Like it's not, it's not happening. Well, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it doesn't come back considering, I mean, those were, I mean, you had to pay to play in those things. Yeah. I, know, I don't quite, really get quite a bit of money. So, I mean, it was basically a way to get your name out there in the postseason for a lot of these schools. So, I mean, if, if it's one of those things where like they have to get teams to pay and kind of go on a for profit situation, we might not see any of those come back or they just might come back with new names and different organizers. I, well, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is the fact that it was pretty much all mid majors and below. And given what COVID-19 has done to their budgets, I, I don't really see why they would bother wasting the money uh, moving forward on it. Given the fact that it's, I, I never even know who plays in it, frankly, because I don't care. And I don't think most of anybody in America, including, frankly, college basketball recruits really care. Um, I don't may, Maybe a guy getting recruited by, say, um, I, I, I don't even know. Honestly, I, I can't pick a team that's been in it off the top of my head recently. Uh, Western Michigan. Hell, let, let's say Western. I, I don't think anybody really picks Western Michigan because they're like, hey, man, we made this, uh, you know, CBI in, in you know, 2019. Come play for us. We'll, we'll make it again. Uh, may, maybe they do, but I, I don't personally see it. But I was My alma mater, so. I want to say three years ago, won, I think it was a CBI. Maybe it's another one. God, I can't remember, but I mean, I don't know. They probably use it in marketing. <laughs> Longhorn you'd network. You, you, you would probably be surprised how many schools yeah. probably use that in marketing if they win it. That's fair. I, I always love when teams like Texas a couple years ago advertise immediately after winning the NIT. We won the national tournament. Or, you know, we, we won the national title. And then everybody starts making fun making fun of them on Twitter for five minutes and they delete it and then redo the graphic with, we won the NIT. It's like, yeah, you didn't win the national title. It's, it's not the 1950s or forties, et cetera, anymore. Like the NCAA has been the national title since the sixties folks. So you mean, so not like Texas did with the Heisman trophy that not one of their running backs won, but their current coach coached. <laughs> like <laughs> that's great yeah oh man i'm gonna look forward to sark next year yeah well hey, i mean may, maybe the longhorn network should take on the cbi as a sponsorship opportunity um and and pay everybody's entry fees so that way there's actually some form of interesting entertainment to broadcast on it for a change maybe then they'll start making money but only if we all sing the eyes of texas at the end of the game well yeah. Yeah. Although I guess uh, I think they partnered up with Disney or something, right? Or is that the Big Twelve Network or the SEC? I don't know. Who cares? It's Disney. 
Um, that's you mean not a- even... ABC? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that that is the uh, the breakdown of the Big Ten tournament um, seedings theoretically, of how it might shake out. Uh, Still two games of basketball to play, which uh, in the grand scheme of things, there's a fair amount of basketball left. So uh, with that in mind, do do we want to get to the elephant in the room, so to speak? Uh, Everybody's been tuning in for. Creighton's getting beat by Villanova by 10 points right now. Okay, that's also a a good topic. but That's another elephant in the room, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's not even touch that one. Yeah. Uh, I have something else. Huh? Uh, okay. Oh, oh. okay. Uh, you might not know, and I just happened to stumble upon this while you guys were talking, I mean, earlier. Uh, do you know who's leading in, in assists per game? Who's leading the country? No. No. Okay. Uh, it's Jalen Moore. Do you know who's second? Mm-mm. Cam Mack. Remember that? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cam Mack, second in the country with 8.1 assists per game. And then he, he plays for the Prairie View A&M Panthers. Yeah. And ESPN has an article on uh, team or players most likely to win the player of the year in each conference. And he is right now the uh, top con- – he's uh, running second for the SWAC. So, uh, I that's crazy. I mean, good for him. It's a, he, yeah, it's good for him. You know, I, I don't think he would have worked out with with uh, Hoiberg, but yeah, I just stumbled upon that. So, anyways, we can move on to the the elephant. But sweet. Okay, let's talk about Teddy Allen. Teddy Allen is no longer with the team. He left on good terms with Hoiberg and the team itself. But Nebraska lost his number one scorer. One of those prolific players on the court this year, but also somebody who didn't like to pass the ball too much. And what have we seen when he's not been on the court? A lot of passing of the ball. So what do you guys think about Teddy Allen leaving? Go ahead, Kevin. Um, overall, I think it's addition by subtraction, much like uh, lack of a great comparison, Wisconsin last year when uh, Kobe King... Yeah, Kobe King um, left the Badgers. Uh, so I, I, since he's left, I feel like the balls flowed a lot better. Um, he had a little bit of a, I like to characterize it as a Carson Edwards complex of just chucking up ridiculous three pointers. I mean, he he was a great scorer, but there were times where. Even with Hoiberg's fast-paced system, like he just would take shots that it's just like, why did you bother with that? Like you're five feet behind the line, you have a guy in your face, and there's still 23, 25 seconds left on the shot clock. Like, why on earth did we need to shoot that? Um, and I mean, he would make them sometimes, but not enough to really warrant it. And on top of the the Carson Edwards comparison, I'd also compare him to Nick Ward. Um, who was basically just a black hole for the ball. Anytime he gets the ball, it's not going to anybody else. And yeah, he's a prolific scorer, but I mean, if that's all you're going to do, eventually, I mean, shooting threes from five feet behind the arc is only going to score so often, and you can't win games that way. So, I mean, you, you need to get 
other guys on your team involved and you need to get the ball flowing through an offensive system rather than just go out and play uh, recess ball where you know you just go out after you finish eating and you just jack a ball from wherever on the court you feel like because you're not playing a real organized basketball game um he he's a phenomenal offensive talent but i don't and he he seems like a great kid uh i just didn't think he was what the Husker offense needed. And I think at least initially since he's departed the team, it's been a net positive for the most part. No, I'd have to fully agree on that. I, I, I would have to agree that while he was good at his moments as a whole, I think this team's probably better off without him. Just his style of play. Uh, I think Hoiberg said it best or I can't remember who, maybe it wasn't him who it was, but basically said that, you know, get some time off, heal up, Go play in Europe. His style of ball is more akin to what they're doing over there. And I think he'll do a lot better. And honestly, oh, was Eric Pajkowski, former Nebraska great, mentioned it about him. You know, go to Europe, do his thing, make a good amount of money. I mean, you, you can make, I looked it up, you know, Europe, European League, you can make anywhere from 60000 to like 500000 a year, depending on where you play and who you play for. So, I mean, I mean, he, he can do a good job, you know, going into Europe, develop his game, maybe boost up his resume a little bit. And, you know, I mean, he'll he'll be fine. He, he's a good player. He's got a future. It just wasn't a fit for a Fred Hoiberg and his and his team right now. So, um. yeah, I mean, given the commentary on his wrist injury, I think it's fantastic that he decided to focus on healing that up, getting his college degree and moving on with his life. You know, he's he is a person who should have some success over in Europe uh, playing overseas and more power to him. Go make money doing it and get your degree and move on. I think that's he was, probably time. When he was hot, he was fun to watch. He was really fun to watch. And I mean, like that game against Illinois, he, it just flowed. The game flowed around him and it was really fun, really, really fun to experience. But that didn't happen every game. And, you know, he kind of wore his feelings on his, on his sleeve. And, you know, when, when that got out of hand, you know, things didn't go well. So, I mean, it's wish him the best. He was fun to watch. I'll, I'll definitely miss him to a certain extent. So, but, you know, it's probably best for both parties. Yeah, I, I do. I'd agree with that. Nathan has no opinion, right? No, I, I know if, if uh, anyone is in the Slack chat room, at all during the year, I, I was pretty. Uh, I, I have not been a Teddy fan. Uh, I like how you know it, we we call it when the ball sticks. And with Hoiberg, he doesn't want. You know, he obviously does not want the ball to stick. And, uh, and it, there are just times. It's like even with the kid, the kids I've coached in the past is when they take a, t- a bad shot and it goes in, it's almost like crap, you know, like now he's going to shoot another bad shot and then another one, you know, Teddy giveth and Teddy take away, took a lot away from the offense this year, in my opinion, you know, and to his credit, when he was asked about, you know, Oh, but you scored 41. He said, yeah, but we lost. And like, Hey, at least he, you know, to his credit, you know, that's a very good point. Yeah. Who cares if I scored 41 if we lost? And so, you know, Nick Boss said on his podcast, he's like, you know, every bad basketball team has a leading scorer. 
and Nebraska is not that great right now, and their leading scorer happens to be Teddy. So, uh, again, that, you know, echoing what you guys said, you know, I, I want him to be very successful. He's very he's a very good scorer, and he's not very athletic, and he's not, you know, but he's he just finds a way to put the ball in the hoop, and someone will pay him for that. So, uh, yeah. So, I – yeah, I wish him. The, I guess the last thing I would say is, uh, I kind of question like Hoiberg, like watching. You know, he continued to play Teddy, even though I thought that the offense hurt because of it. And um, uh, might have been an article in the Journal Star today. Uh, Matt, or the assistant coach out. I'm gonna butcher it, but Al Damasa or whatever. He's a. Uh, he he mentioned that you know Teddy was a guy that you. He, this is what his fourth, fifth chance, and they said they will always give guys that chance because that you know that's what college basketball is about, and so you know giving them the opportunity to redeem themselves, and that's what they wanted. So they will, they don't regret having Teddy on their team at all, and it seems like the other guys liked him a lot, but uh, so I, you know, I hope to see Rutgers if that was a one-time thing as far as moving the ball or, um, you know, I guess we'll find out tomorrow night to see how that looks. Yeah. I mean, it, it was also nice that as the season progressed, I felt like he cut down on uh, the intentional and flagrant fouls that he had a tendency to get um, earlier in the season, uh, technicals and whatnot. Um, so that, that, that was also something that was nice to see his play evolved during the season. Um, but uh, yeah, also uh, how, how about we pour one out for our, our favorite uh, East division football team uh, in terms of their basketball teams, uh, ill, ill favor um, under Archie Miller, the Indiana Hoosiers will now have their fifth straight season below 500 in big 10 play. That is the first time that they've had that many seasons in a row in conference play below 500 since before World War One. You know, I'm gonna Nate go for it. Uh, uh, the Indiana's. I mean, they're. I don't know if they would consider them a blue blood or not, uh, but they just have not lived up to where you. You think they might be like Nebraska football, you know, like they just great fan base expectations, you know, and they're just struggling to live up to those expectations. And so, I mean, I don't know how you think he is he going to get fired. This is his fifth year, right? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Um, it's not his fifth year. I think it's his fourth, I want to say. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, it just, it's the Hoosiers fifth straight season. So, um, yeah, he, he's probably canned, uh, if if we're being honest, I mean, I, in their game last night where their loss guaranteed that this would happen, it was kind of sad because I mean, they were within theoretical striking distance still with 45, 48 seconds left or something like that. And the players just sunk off their opponent and refused to foul until 
Archie Miller like started clapping loudly and yelling from the bench like he was pissed off that they gave up and was just basically like, guys, come on. Like, can you at least make it look like you're trying? I'm I'm trying to not get canned here was basically the 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 feeling that I got from the action on the court. And it, it was sad, honestly, to watch. Um I mean I, I don't think he's a bad guy. He had success at uh oh God, it was um where did he get hired from? I'm trying to remember because it was Holtman that was at Butler. What was in there? Did they call him for Marquette? Oh, I think so. Did no, they, pull they, they, they pulled Tom Crean from Marquette. They might have also pulled Miller. Okay, um, I don't remember. Yeah, aren't there two Millers? There's an older brother and then Archie. Oh, jeez. All right, maybe. Which I thought one of them was teach was coaching at Arizona. Dayton. He was at Dayton. That's Dayton, yeah. Yeah. Dayton from 2011-2017, and before that, he was an assistant at Arizona, Ohio State, Arizona State, NC State, and Western Kentucky. Uh, All assistant jobs dating back to 2003 before he took over in his first head coaching job at Dayton. And he... He's in his fourth season, yeah. His brother... Sean Miller is the current Arizona basketball coach. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay, yeah. And and is under investigation by the NCAA, but, oh, you know. There you go. One, one of many coaches, so. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for tonight. Yeah, Sam, I, I just wanted to, you know, for anybody who feels <laughs> bad at times about uh, Husker sports, you know, I mean, other teams are on hard times, too, and so let's let's take a moment to laugh at them. And, and take a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, joy in, in their struggles, not, not being alone in, in unfortunate things happening. I don't think I care enough about Indiana, but I see where you're going towards. And I like it. I like <laughs> it, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. You guys, you, know, <laughs> you, you don't have the built-up hatred of yeah, your fellow don't. Big Ten programs <laughs> no, no, that right, I do. We don't. And so we that's don't. why I'm here. You know, I, I bring a unique perspective of Big Ten hatred. Uh, you bring on the, the only perspective. I mean, hate's a strong word. I don't know, man. Uh, no, no. You bring you bring a very educated and uh, in, 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 in intense perspective on these Big Ten teams, and that's something that Coronation just does not have over the ten years that we've been in this conference. Um, yeah, the Omaha folks hate Iowa to an extreme because they got to live with Iwegians because Iwegians go to Omaha to find work a lot of times when they can't get jobs in Chicago. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's just not that strong. You know, as I tell people, my, my, my kids will have passionate feelings towards Big Ten and their teams. We're just not there yet. So that's, that, that, that's, that's why I like you on these podcasts because somebody's got to be that the- too. Yeah, somebody's exactly. got to be the pedantic a hole, and exactly. I'm happy to exactly. fill that that role. So you want to hear you want you want to hear me me complain about K State or or Nate complain about Missouri or whatnot? We're here for you. I mean, Missouri's <laughs> not even in the Big Twelve anymore. No, but, but you might like, as well complain about Texas A and M, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going off the history. So anyway, and that's what it comes down to: the history. <laughs> There's just been not the history is so young. It's a baby. It's it's hitting junior high and nobody is mentally stable when they hit junior high. 
and also out of the fact is we're not very good. No, I mean, we're not. Yeah, I mean, if we were like, you know, if we were better, you know, maybe that then all of a sudden I'm going to care more in games against Illinois and games against Indiana and all that. But we're just not very good. So it's like we're, it's almost like I have to we have to focus on ourselves, you know, <laughs> before we can worry about other people, because, man, we have a lot to fix. Yeah, fair. Eh, I don't know. I mean. There's also just I, I feel like even in in uh, conferences that I don't necessarily care about, there's a certain joy in watching powerhouse teams struggle. But uh, maybe that's just that I I have a, a natural, you know, the, the American story of, of rooting for the underdog, you know, and, and rooting against a powerful figure. You know, who, who wants Bama or Clemson to win in football or Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina to win in basketball? You know? Who wants that? Other than their State fans, isn't Michigan State in that group? Depends no? on who you talk to. <laughs> They're definitely not this season. No. Although, uh, speaking of, okay, well, and, you know, and I, that's I, another I, thing. I think we're done. <laughs> no, I'm going to throw in one more brag on that since since Nate brought it up. It is kind of fun that even if MSU doesn't make the NCAA tournament this year, the last time they didn't make the NCAA tournament the oldest player on their team was three months old for that March Madness. Oh, geez. Oh, that, that is a spoiled life. I, I will admit that. So cool. But anyway, yep. All right. That that's a wrap. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do the sign off. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate your uh, listenership and continued um, interest in the podcast. We apologize for being off so long and we'll do our best to, to record more. Um, please subscribe. Be sure to download and subscribe our, to our podcast on whatever platform you prefer. That way you won't miss any of our episodes along with Counter Bootleg, uh, John's Post-Life Crisis, and Five Heart Podcast, all on the Coordination Radio Podcast Network. And please follow us on Twitter for all the latest Nebraska ball and Husker action at Bangs and Dags or myself at Sparty on Huskers at Patrick Gearhart or for Nate at NMcHugh85. <laughs> and finally, leave a review. You could go out on the Apple Podcast app and leave a review for us as well or send us feedback by making a comment on the article. And please listen and share. If you don't feel like subscribing, you can still listen in the player below. Thank you. And you stay classy, Lincoln. I love you. Bye.